before we, before the word goes forth, I just want to say, um, welcome. If you're here for the first time, welcome to New Covenant Fellowship. Uh, we are a church that loves the Lord. Uh, we believe in 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 knowing Him and making Him known. All right, and we believe in passionate worship and encountering Him, and relationship is something that is very near and dear to us. Relationship with Him and relationship with one another. And so if that's something that sounds appealing to you, I'd be happy to meet with you after the service. Um, I am not the pastor, okay? Uh, those were, so if you're new here, to, here today, uh, our, our pastor and, 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 and first lady, uh, CJ and Lisa Ellis, they are on the road. They're traveling. He asked me to share for him this morning, but uh, they'll be back with bells on and, and on fire uh, uh, next week. Uh, my name is uh, Cornell Cannon. Um, I'm a part of the leadership team here uh, at New Covenant, and it's uh, a lover of God. Amen. So we welcome you here and hope that you're blessed um, uh, because God loves you and we love you too. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer? Father God, we just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, we thank you, Father God, for another opportunity, Father, to come together as a body of believers, get in your presence, and uh, worship you and shout your praises, Father God. Uh, we, this is the day that you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, and, um, and we give you honor and praise, Father, for your continued blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how are y'all doing this morning? I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. I'm not going to have you uh, going all over the place today. We're just going to park for the most part. At John chapter 12. I don't know. I'm, uh, uh, it's something that I, I don't want to belittle it, but I'm kind of in a kick. Uh, I got this. I'm in this mode where I'm I'm, I'm going over very familiar passages, <laughs> you know. So, uh, like I said last time, bear with me. Won't you just rebuke that devil of been here, done that before? That might make you turn off your ears and uh, your listening ears. You know, just avail yourself to hear what God has to say for you this morning. Starting at the first verse. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. 
As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. We'll go on later, but uh, I want to stop and kind of paint the picture here a little bit. Because to me, I like to... I like to look at contrast. I like to consider what motivates people and what motivates their actions in this situation. All these people present know who Jesus is, right? Are we in church? Okay. All the people present know who Jesus is, yet not everyone had the same response. We have everybody just chilling in the house with, with, uh, with Jesus. But I don't want to belittle what's going on here. There's a celebration going on. They're having a dinner in celebration. But what are they celebrating? They're celebrating Jesus. Sure, yes, they are. But I believe also they're celebrating. Remember, in the previous chapter, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Your chapter 11, John Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And as a result of this, many people came to believe in him. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, wanted Jesus to come and heal him so that he wouldn't die. But Jesus waited a couple days, let him die, because God has something else planned. He was dead four days when Jesus rose from the dead so that there could be no doubt that he was dead, dead. Dead, dead. And through that experience, Jesus says something to Mary that I'm sure never parted from her heart. He said, I am, say I am, the resurrection and the life. See, she believed in the resurrection. She believed in Jesus. She believed that her brother would someday rise again. But Jesus like, no, 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 no. I'm not just talking about the what is to come later on down the line, I'm letting you know that I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you may depart from this earth, but you'll never die. Amen? So, a lot of, I'll tell you what, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor it too much, but because that's not what we're, the, the, the main thing that we're discussing today, but there's a connection there. Why are they in Bethany? Why are they celebrating? Lazarus is alive. He's alive because Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Now, 
want to take a minute, you would think that everybody was all excited, everybody loved it, everybody would just bow before Jesus, and everybody would follow him, and nobody could be mad about something like that, right? Do you think anyone could, I mean, nobody could be mad at him raising somebody from the dead, could they? Wrong. Because the Pharisees had a major problem with it, and it was because of that. That was the last straw. They were fed up. That was the last straw. From that moment on, they plotted to kill him. And because of that, Jesus decided he had to retreat into the country area to, to, to avoid them because he knew what was up. So Jesus had to depart from Bethany to avoid a plot to take his life. And the very next chapter, I don't know how much time has passed, but he had left Bethany, went into the country to avoid the Pharisees for some measure of time. But now, in this moment, he has decided to go back to the place where the people are who want to take his life. And that makes, you know, that begs the question, why? What is going on here? Well, what does it say in the first verse? Six days before the Passover. If you study the history of Jewish custom, you know that six days before the Passover feast is when they pick their lamb. They pick a young lamb that's without spot, that's without blemish, the lamb that is to be sacrificed on that day in honor of the salvation of the Lord, the day that he brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage to Egypt. So here we are, six days, it's significant, okay? This is the significance of it. This is six days before the Passover, the God that, the man that John called the Lamb of God who's coming to take away the sins of the world is now, he, real, he realizes what time it is, and he's presenting himself as that spotless lamb that is going to be sacrificed in six days on the day of Passover for the sins of the world. Whether or not everybody present understands that to that depth, that is also what they're celebrating. They're in the presence of the Lamb of God. And in the middle of this dinner, we have Martha serving. We have Lazarus seated at the table with Jesus and others. We have one person, Mary, who does something outside the box, <laughs> I would say. She does something extreme. Now, there are several occasions in the scripture where where Mary was always at the feet of the Lord. 
She was always just lapping up everything he had to say. She just wanted to be in his presence. You know, she was always pressing in. She was always drawing nearer to him. And I don't know, this is, I'm not going to say this is what scripture says, and, and I'm not going to say this is what God told me, so take it as thus saith the Lord. But I got to believe that she has some level of understanding of the significance of this moment. Whether in her quiet time, however, however it came to be, she has some measure of significance uh, of the significance of this moment. And, and I believe that that's what drove her, motivated her to express her worship, to express her affection toward Jesus to such a to such a degree during this celebration. God gave her the honor. You know, J Jewish custom, you know, there was a custom of anointing the body for burial. So, again, let's go back into it. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Let's talk about a couple of things here. You know, this, this nard, it says, was, was expensive. Judas said that the amount that she gave, the value of it and the amount of it, was a year's wages. So she takes the most expensive thing she has. I don't know how much you make a year, but but depending on who you are, that's a lot of money. I would say from from what I've studied, it's probably somewhere between twenty twenty five thousand dollars worth of perfume. And, and you know what? Women don't play with their perfume, right? Especially the good stuff. This is the good stuff. And she takes the good stuff. And she puts it on his feet. Not only that, I know how women are about their hair. There's a lot of care, a lot of time, and a lot of money that goes into women's hair, right? And I don't know, my wife loves me to death. My mama loves me to death. I don't think they would touch my feet with their hair. And she does it. You know, her hair is her glory. <laughs> you know? And yet, what must it say about how much she values Jesus? What must it say about how precious 
Jesus is and how significant this moment is that she would take that perfume that costs so much and she would take her hair, which means so much, and she would put the perfume and anoint his feet and then wipe it with her hair. Contrast that with the value that Judas seemed to place on Jesus. The woman who owned the perfume had no problem pouring it on his feet. The guy who didn't pay a dime for the perfume thought it was a waste. Both of them sitting with the same Jesus, both of them in the same place, but two very different attitudes and very different reactions. That tells me Judas did not understand the significance of this time. And sometimes that's the reason why we miss what God is doing. We don't, we, we don't know what's going on. We don't get the significance. The magnitude of the moment escapes our attention. And, 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 so, and so we can have an attitude when we should be humble and worshiping. But I don't want to talk about Judas. But it is interesting what he said, though. And I, uh, this is why I chose this passage, because I like John. He, he's real with it. Be careful what people tell you their intentions are. Because stated intentions are not always actual intentions. Stated motives aren't always actual motives, all right? He says his concern is it's worth the year's wages. Oh, the poor people could have really been benefited from that. He could care less about the poor people. He wanted that money. That would have been more money for him to steal. Let's go on to verse 7. But Jesus defends her, and he confronts Judas, and he says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me in the flesh. Okay, in other words, this season that, you, that we're in right now, where I'm walking the face of this earth, and, you know, and, and, and I'm doing what God has called me to do all the way up to me suffering the cross. This season will end and I'll be going to the Father. You got me right now. The poor are important. I'm not belittling the poor, but in this moment, all right, the priority, Jesus is much of much greater priority. He is much more significant in this situation. You get that? He's not belittling the poor. He's stating something that has uh, escaped Lazarus's understanding. Be I mean, Judas's, thank you, brother. Judas's understanding. 
Because Judas isn't really there to honor the Lord. He isn't really there because of the preciousness and the significance of the moment. The only God he serves is the God of mammon, the God of money. What was in his heart came out in that moment. But Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they have a testimony of the realness of God. They have a testimony of the life-giving power of God. They know Jesus to be the resurrection and the life because they have experienced him as the resurrection and the life. And so there is a tangible connection, an unbreakable bond. An unshakable faith that they have in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. Because I may be talking to some people today who've been praying for something for a long time. I may be talking to some people today who have prayed for something that didn't happen. And like Lazarus, that hope died in you. And maybe you thought God abandoned you. Maybe you thought God left you to your left you on your own, left you to your own devices. But I hope to encourage you through that story of Lazarus that he is the resurrection and the life. Just because it didn't happen the way you thought it would, the way you hoped it would, doesn't mean he's not still working. Your plan might not have been his. It's a novel concept. But your plan might not have been his. Don't confuse things not working out the way you want them with God not having your back. Because those are two separate things. I would encourage you to humble yourself before God and trust him. And instead of lamenting what didn't happen, just let it go and give it to him. Instead of lamenting, just let it go. Humble yourself and say, Lord, you know, and just tell God. Well, God, there must be something different. There must be something else you have for me. Your plan, your, your, your plan must be going in a different direction. And you know what? I don't understand it. I don't get it. It hurts. I was really hoping for that. It hurts, you know, but I'm going to take that hurt and I'm going to cast it at your feet. I'm going to take my anxiety and my fear and I'm going to cast it at your feet. And I'm just going to say, here am I, Lord. I trust you with all that I am and all that I have. 
Just light the pathway for me and let me know the next step I need to take. And then you just continue in that walk of faith with the Lord and just say, Lord, whatever it is, I'll say yes. I don't have a witness, but that's all right. Uh, let's go on to verse 9. And I'll, I'll finish with uh, a few thoughts from Mary. Verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus too. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. You know, that tells me Lazarus was a living testimony that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. He was a living testimony that Jesus is exactly who he proclaimed himself to be. And the people recognized that in him as well, and they began to follow him. So the Pharisees, they didn't just want to kill Jesus. They also wanted to kill the testimony of Jesus. That which testified to who he is. To his power, to his goodness, to his divinity. The enemy doesn't just want to kill us. He wants to kill our testimony. Because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Are you hearing me? Why am I talking about this today? I believe Jesus wants to highlight Mary to us today. I believe in the middle of all of the, I don't know, we're in a church setting, so I got, I got to watch my language, I guess. Junk. Is it okay to say crap? We deal with a lot in our society today. There's a lot of things that's pulling on our soul, that's, that's, that, that, that's vexing us. There's a lot of things that can, that can cool and squash our passion or our love for the Lord if we let it. And as it says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. There's a lot of things that... that if we're not diligently guarding our hearts, 
our hearts are really becoming cold. Our hearts are becoming hard. And, and, and with those hard hearts, it's hard to really have that kind of passion displayed by this great woman in the presence of Jesus. She's unencumbered with what is going on around her. She doesn't care who is there. She doesn't care what is going on in the city or in politics or, or, or any of that stuff. She doesn't care about unanswered prayers. She doesn't care about any of that stuff. All that she cares right now is that she's got the Lord of glory right in front of her. And there is, this time is one of significance, and she's not going to miss or waste this opportunity with him. I believe she'd been given a divine task. And she was there to carry it out. She didn't care if anybody was looking at her sideways or giving her the stank eye. She didn't care about the whispers. She didn't care about her, her past. Anything that life had thrown, any curveballs that life had thrown her up to that point, all of that stuff just went away. All that mattered was Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who committed no sin, who did no wrong, who came from heaven and willingly endured the indignity of putting on sinful human flesh, became sin for us, our representation, right? So that he might die for us. That's why he came. And this moment is less than a week. It's six days. From him paying that price. Right? And in a culture that didn't value women, this is the kind of God we serve. In a culture that did not, I would say, did not properly value women, God gave this task. I think it's, it's amazing. He gave this task to a woman, not Peter. Not John, not, not, you know, not, not Paul, not, not, not any of those guys. He gave this task. 
to a woman. Can you imagine the honor that must have been to her? And she gave it all (laughs) that she had. She did it with all that was within her. So I want to encourage you today, particularly if you are a woman, do not listen to the voices that would tell you you are anything less than the beloved of God. Do not listen to the voices that would tell you that you are anything less than a vessel of honor fit for the master's use. Do not listen to the voices that tell you you can't do great things in the name of the Lord. Is there at least one amen out there? Come on, ladies. I like what Pastor CJ says. Nobody has a junior Holy Spirit. (laughs) The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So Jesus, six days from Passover, decides to come out of the country and decides to go into the lion's den because he knows it's time. And God having revealed to Mary also that it's time. And giving her the great honor that he gave her. I believe is what motivated her. To act in a way that was so different than anybody else in his presence. There are things in my life that are unique to me. Those things made Jesus real to me. He gave it to me. You can't take it away. I'm sure there are many here today that has the same story to tell. Your story may be different because we're different. Our lives were different. Our journey was different. But we all have those moments in our lives that changed everything for us. I want to ask you to stand. And I want to, I just want to make an appeal to you. I know most of the faces out there, 
in the congregation. I don't know all. I don't know if there's any among us who don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I want to tell you something. I don't know if someone dragged you here to church this morning. <laughs> or if you somehow found yourself compelled to be here and don't even know why. If that's the case, I would say that I'll tell you why. It's because God loves you. It's because God wanted you here. He drew you here so that, so that he might convey to you. Not only that he is, but that he loves you. That he sent his only begotten son to die for you. Because he wants to have relationship with you. If you're feeling dead on the inside in any kind of way, I would say to you that there is life to be had in Jesus, for he is the resurrection and the life. And if you are a believer, And if you've been a believer for any length of time, you know that the Christian walk is not a bed of roses. You know that the Lord said in this life you will have trials. You will have tribulations. But the Lord is with you through it all. If you're here with, if you're in a season of life where you're going through something, and you need a breakthrough. You're going through something and 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 you don't see a way out. You haven't up to this point and 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 you're on the brink. Then you're exactly where you need to be. Because it's time to encounter him that he might give you the breakthrough that you need and set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Can can y'all uh, play something back there in the sound booth? Some light worship music. And if I could have the uh, any members of the prayer team who are here, if you could please come. I'd appreciate it. I just believe that this is, we talked about, I talked about it in the, in the message that a time or a moment of significance. I believe this is a time of significance for you. This is a moment where in the presence of God, 
you can experience the breakthrough that you've longed for. Where you can experience the peace of God that passes all understanding to help you break free from those cares and those anxieties and those worries and those fears and those hurts, those things that 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 just cloud your mind and just and just wreck your life. Hallelujah. So if you're in need of some type of breakthrough, don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about if anyone's looking. Just be like Mary. Come up with your virtual spikenard perfume. Come up prepared to take your hair and you know after pouring the perfume on Jesus' feet take your hair and wipe his feet with it just humble yourself in whatever way is needed just completely humble yourself and exalt him exalt him in your heart exalt him in your life because he'll be the resurrection and the life in every way you need so if that if, if that appeals to you if that in any way is you I would have you come on up to the altar come on up and receive what God has for you This isn't about bad people. It isn't about shame. It isn't about any of that stuff. This is about getting before the Lord and just allowing him to be God. (laughs) Allowing him to continue the good work that he's begun in you. Thank you, Jesus.
Father God, we thank you for ministering to us. We thank you for this Father, we just love you. Father, I just pray that we all will take a lesson from Mary, Lord. And that we would just serve you and worship you and bless you with all the passion, with all the energy, unabashedly, all that is within us, Father God. All the days of our lives. For you gave us your all, Lord Jesus. There were no half measures in anything you did for us. You willingly gave yourself to die on the cross. You could have called a legion of angels to save you, but no, you didn't. You allowed yourself to be beaten beyond recognition. You allowed yourself to be spat on. You allowed yourself to be mocked. You allowed yourself to go through the indignity of all of that. You allowed yourself to be lied on and pierced. You allowed yourself to go through the agony of crucifixion. And yet, before you gave up the ghost, before you said, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit, you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We just thank you, Father God. And Scripture says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. I thank you that we are your joy, Lord that we are the reason you endured and went through all of that. That's how much you love us. So, a, you know, as, as expensive as a year's worth of salary is, as far as that oil is concerned, oh, that cost pales in comparison to the great cost you paid to be reconciled with us. Oh God, we love you so much. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.